Welcome back, fight friends, to the Shout Out Fight Podcast. How are you this Thanksgiving long weekend here in Canada? I'm not sure where else you're listening outside um, outside of Canada, but uh, here at Thanksgiving, so a little bit of a long weekend and family get together and, you know, have a couple beers and have some turkey and, you know, all that good stuff. So hope everybody enjoys their long weekend. Uh, all right, guys, it's October. Here we go. We got a new month. We got some new events, all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, let you went on my trip down to uh, Brampton, Ontario for Rise of the Warrior Fight Night. But uh, before we get into all that good stuff, if you could do me a quick favor and uh, if you want to just take about approximately 10 seconds and hit a like button on your social media, I mean, last, geez, one second. But if you want to take it one step further, if you really wanted to help me, Share the Shuttle Podcast with a friend, family, or foe. And as always, who knows, if you share the Shuttle Podcast, maybe a foe will become a friend, maybe even family. But it all starts with sharing the Shuttle Fight Podcast. And, uh, of course, you know you know my man, B-Kong. And uh, what episode is that? I can't remember anymore. 81, 80, 79? Anyway, who cares? In the words of my man, B-Kong, only the real ones subscribe. So make sure you subscribe to the Shout Out Fight Podcast. And of course, make sure you hit us with a five stars, as always. All the way to the right, hit us with that five star. They all laid up. It's Thanksgiving long weekend. You're feeling good. You're feeling thankful. Thankful for the Shout Out Fight Podcast and Turkey and fairly warm weather, actually quite warm weather, at least where I'm at for the long weekend. Yes, we're just feeling good. All the way to the right. Hit me with a five stars. We're feeling good. All right, guys. Real quick, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Fitzpatrick. Uh, Jesse and anybody else, the Rise of the Warrior uh, crew, for for having me out there commentating again. Uh, it's it's uh, man, wild fights. Just uh, it's quick. Things happen fast when you're there. You're in, you're out, and it's a good time. So I thank you guys a lot. Uh, Eric Rocha, buddy, good to see you again. Taylor from MMA Journal. Um, Kieran, Kieran, as always, man. John Wheel. Uh, that would be the ring, the ring fella, the, the guy, the ring announcer for the Muay Thai World Cup. Got to hang out with him a little bit. Um, Tony, man, Tony Monaharian, good to see you, buddy. I don't get to hang out with him very often, so it's nice to hang out with him. Uh, Diamond Muay Thai, make sure you check them out in Toronto. Uh, shout out to Crutches. Uh, <laughs> we were in the Toronto airport, and uh, listen, that place is busy, and there was there was a long security lineup, and like I can, so I can walk, I can't walk. It hurts, and I'm not supposed to. So right now, the surgeon wants me. Two crutches all the time. My foot can't even be touching any part of the ground. Like, listen, listen, between you and me, I don't live life like that, okay? I'm sorry. Don't tell him. Don't tell my surgeon. But, like, I was pretty honest with him. Like, I'll do one crutch, man. I can't do two. Like, this happened September, a month ago. I just I just don't live my life like that. I'm sorry. I'll try what I can. I'm sorry. Don't let my wife listen. My wife listen to this either. But, uh, anyway... So I'm walking through the airport, just hobbling, carrying my crutch like a suitcase. And we see, uh, so Mr. Will, Jonathan, Kieran, and myself, we see this giant line of security lineup in the Toronto airport. And it's like, oh, no. And kind of me and Kieran look at each other right away. And I start scurrying real quick to get my crutch under my armpit. And Kieran's like, hey, 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 man, put that thing under your arm. We might be able to get past security. So at the same time, we kind of had the same thought. So... I'm thinking, okay, okay, how do I how do I not seem like an asshole? <laughs> so I figure I'm going to go talk to the security lady. When we get up there, I'm just going to say, listen, 
I'm not, I'm not looking for no favors. I just see the security line is very long. You guys got like a wheelchair or something? Like, you know what I'm looking for. I'm looking to get through. But, you know, I, I figured that would be a good entry. So I, I don't even get the question out of my mouth. Hey, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Who are you with? And I'm like, oh, I'm with these two fellows here. Oh, okay. Come follow me. I'm like, okay, fellas, let's go. And we just, bye. Bye, everyone in security. And there you go. I just walked right through. So listen, if there's anything I learned, Make sure you carry a crutch everywhere you go when you're traveling to the airport. So shout out to crutches. Shout out to my wife. Uh, so it was also my Cubs birthday party. And we started off with like four kids coming over to my house, just, you know, having fun, you know, whatever. And four turned into 10. And, uh, you know, hey, I, I just got to do my thing and got to commentate and have fun in, in Brampton. And <laughs> sounded like absolute madness. And, uh, yeah, thanks, wife. Thanks, Mrs. Shoutout Podcast, for <laughs> not having me. You know what probably happened, to be honest? Well, I know my knee's bummed, but I would end up being part of the birthday party. I want to have fun, too. So, anyway, I appreciate Mrs. Shoutout Podcast for doing a birthday party for a six-year-old boy without me. And she, she's a quiet, I call her I call her a house cat. She just, she's quiet. She likes to sit in the corner of the couch and read a book, and she's just very quiet. So, I would imagine there's probably some PTSD from that. I probably spent all my get-out-of-jail-free cards for that. <laughs> um, uh, Shout-out to uh, Jeet and Mahalia from uh, Wolf House up in Edmonton. Um, been around the circuit for a long time. I've known I've known of Jeet for a long time, but I've never really talked to him. So it's only been the last maybe year or so, and um, it's cool. People got to go for a bite to eat after the fights because uh, Mahalia was part of a tournament uh, in Brampton as well, four-women tournament, and a uh, good fight, by the way. And uh, so we got to go out for some late night uh, bite and yeah, cool people. Uh, my man, B Kong, shout out to you, buddy, wearing a shadow podcast fight shirt, uh, podcast shirt to, uh, uh, what is it, Okanagan. Oh, man, I wrote it down. The fight's very first ever. <clears throat> it was Okanagan Fight League or something like that. Sorry, guys. Anyway, I, I think that's what it's called, Okanagan Fight League. Uh, anyway, so it looks like a uh, kickboxing promotion just starting up. Uh, I think it's in Penticton. So, my man, B. Kong, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Way to be the realist one. Not just not just real by subscribing. The realist. My man. Uh, Team Canada, IFMA. And good thing I'm doing this podcast Saturday night because I also want to say uh, congratulations to teammate uh, Kobe Carr and uh, teammate now world, IFMA world champion, junior world champion. Listen, if you know Kobe Carr at all, that kid's no junior. He's huge <laughs> but listen that's uh uh that's that's big i mean he he beat he beat uh i mean fighters from turkey fighter from uzbekistan i think and russia and if you know anything about sort of the kickboxing muay thai in general those are some tough tough countries to beat so you know kobe's a real one man and uh i just as well just saw i wrote it down real quick shout out to uh Petch from Muay Thai Academy and Adrian um, uh, Petch again defending his title, man. That guy's like a, I, I, can't, I can't remember what weight class, but geez, what, uh, yeah, for that weight class, man, the, 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 that guy's the greatest of all time for his weight class, for kickboxing, amazing. Uh, okay, guys, uh, my fighty friends, couple of one, two fighty friends. So I want to say, uh, so hey, thanks for, again, engaging with me online, Instagram, all that good stuff, whatever we're talking uh, Jason Davis, the new, it was a Canadian, WKA Canadian champ. Congratulations, my friend. Jock and Jay Lee, Jonathan Haggerty, no big deal. Uh, 
<laughs> KJ Matthews, KOK Muay Thai, uh, Ram, Chop City. Uh, again, nice, nice talking to you, man. Unfortunately, I was hoping to see you fight a little more than we got to, but uh, hey, like I, like I mentioned, don't get paid by the hour. Dwayne W., uh, Camille, Lindsey Ray, Phil Lear, Marcy, and Sweaty Weddy. Thanks, guys, for, for uh, talking shop with me. I appreciate it. My favorite thing to talk about is fights, as always. And Scott McKenzie, by the way. That's, that's, I didn't write that down, but we were just having a conversation today about uh, Smoking Joe and Tawan Chai, which I'll talk about a little bit. All right, guys. Lots of, lots of notes today. What do we got here? Page two. Okay, events. So, oh, there it is. Okanagan Fight Night in the Pentaton. First ever event going down tonight, probably as I speak. So good luck, guys. And congratulations at the same time. Um, I've mentioned it many times on this podcast. I am a massive fan of the Okanagan. I go there every year, uh, A to go on my peach run. Don't forget to listen to uh, uh, my our peach run with uh, my man B Kong and my cousin Glenn. What was it, 78, 79? Anyway, just, just, you know, scroll through the index. You'll see it. And, uh, uh, dude, I love going out there. So who knows? Maybe sometime I can find myself out there bringing some fighters or being part of that. That'd be great. Also, October 7th, uh, so that'd be tonight, yeah, so the, today's the 7th, just double-checking, that's right, Saturday, it is Saturday, October 7th, hello, everybody, sorry, I forgot the date at the beginning, I, th- I think I said the 8th or the 10th or whatever, anyway, uh, Muay Thai Reckoning here in Calgary, four-man international tournament, uh, I believe that's today, right, or is, it, is that next weekend, anyway, uh, dearfootin.com, I could have sworn it was October 7th, but I could be, I could be completely wrong. Then we also have Saturday, October 14th, the Liam Harrison Seminar. Oh, my goodness. Here in Calgary, Muay Thai uh, World Cup.com for tickets. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, le- legend of the game, right? Liam Liam Harrison, make sure you get there. I've now, uh, I was part of the Coaches Clinic, uh, CSA Coaches Clinic. By the way, I think I'm going to be going to the next one. Uh, I enjoy it down there. I just like the whole thing, being being part of it. Uh and uh, Liam Liam was there, and he got to do a block. And it's cool. This guy's an encyclopedia. And Liam Harrison training. Get yourself on there as well. I'm part of that. Just, just you know, yeah. Rolodex of moves, this fella. It's awesome. Uh, Saturday, October 28th. Let's make sure I'm not missing anything here. Uh, I see Represents Muay Thai Series number two out in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, we have a couple matchups here. Alberta versus Ontario. Um... Yeah, some Muay Thai, uh, Manitoba versus Ontario, Canada versus U.S. Any Sayam Robert Lee for the represents international title. Uh, Anthony Palumbo's fighting out there. Will Ortiz, Ashley Viner versus uh, Kayla Taylor. So, a couple good matchups uh, represents. Uh, Ramel, I know you listen. At least I hope you still do anyway. Uh, I know I sent you a text, pal, with some fighters, but now I've wrecked my knee. Uh, might have to take a rain check. So <laughs> I apologize. And congratulations to you, sir, and the rest of Team Canada, the, the IFMA juniors and coaches. Uh, it looked unbelievable. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. And uh, wow, pretty cool. Congratulations, Kobe Carr. I still think that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, guys, I think that's all I really got for uh, October in the meantime. If you have any events, make sure you let me know, and uh, I'm happy to plug them. All right, let's carry on here. Let's talk about today real quick. Uh, this podcast is coming out at such a good time, so <clears throat> because there's more fights to watch. One Friday fight, 36, uh, just a couple key matchups. Uh, Johan Ghazali, 16-year-old kid from Malaysia, uh, U.S., 22 wins, 6 losses, 
flyweight at a rentap Muay Thai. Now he has he's four and zero in one championship or five. I can't remember now, but uh, uh, and also now has received a one hundred thousand dollar contract. Which make sure you come and see November twenty fifth. We get to see our own version live. Road to one, six figure contract, five fights. Ooh boy! Anyway, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, he had a weird kind of. It was a bit of an awkward fight he was in too. But I uh, found the body, and uh, that was it. A uh, buddy just crumbled. Uh, it looked like before. Now on the end of it, it's definitely a left a left shot to the liver. But uh, it looked like right before that, it was a straight right that kind of almost hit him weirdly and the body glanced off. And I wonder if that kind of started and then the body hook. And it sunk in good, that body hook. Don't get me wrong. Apologize. Um, <laughs> all right. And then uh, we had the main event. Now, the main event got moved. So the title of this show, Viva la France. Uh, by the way, I, I'm not French at all, so I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of this. But Rafi Bohik, he was supposed to fight in the main event. And somebody got sick. I'm not sure who at this point, but uh, they had to pull out. So I was thinking like, you know, and I've been thinking about this for a while. And I mean like years. Um, uh, France. France has some serious, crazy fighters. So I thought, you know, there's quite a few like unbelievable badasses that come out of France. So I thought I would take a minute and uh, go through what I thought were my favorite fighters from France, either, you know, grew up in France, maybe not born in France, but grew up in France or, or whatever. So anyway, uh, so that's where that inspiration came from. And then unfortunately the Bohik fight got canceled. So the next main event was uh super Bowl, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I wrote it down real quick, but again, I got quite a few here. So uh super Bowl versus uh, Julio Lobo. Um, super Bowl. T-Dead, Cow Cow versus Julio Phuket Fight Club. Here we go. So Super Bowl 26 now. If uh, if October is your birthday munch, munch, month, you share a birthday month with Super Bowl. Happy birthday. Super Bowl 26 years old from Thailand. 5'8", 134 pounds, 72 wins, 20 losses, 1 draw. He's 2-0 in 1. And in 2014, he was a Thailand champion, 122 pounds. His last five fights, uh, Rong Kao, Konkolai twice. And those are big fights. I think it's Konkolai one. That was a crazy fight that you can still watch on uh, YouTube. Uh, Pet Yutong, Rong Kit, and Super Lek was at number six because I thought that was pretty significant. Uh, yeah, I just I wrote down here. That's right. So Super Bowl... Super Bowl and uh, Konkolai won. Uh, watch that fight. Man, that, that was a banger. That was a good one. Uh, versus uh, Julio Lobo from Brazil. 29 years old, 5'11", 148 pounds. And, and again, I did notice the weight here, 134 for Super Bowl. But again, I mean, most of the, this is pretty much coming off Wikipedia for the most part. So if it's not coming off Wikipedia, it's coming off uh, with a one championship website. So who knows, right? Weights, to, I mean... I found all sorts of crazy stats, but so who knows if the weights are correct. But anyway, uh, training at a Phuket Fight Club, uh, 58 wins, 25 losses, two draws with 31 KOs. And uh, Julio is the or yeah is the uh, 2018 Toyota Marathon uh, Tournament Champ, 2021 Omnoy Champ. His last, last five, Alessandro <coughs> Serra. Uh, uh, Darky No Cow, I assume that's 
what I wrote down, not the darky part, no cow, yeah. Um, also, Pet Yutong, Yod Kumpon, which he lost. Uh, Yod Kompatak, and his number six fight was Sajad uh, Venom Muay Thai. Was that guilty? his last name. I just forgot it. Satrelli? Satrell? Something like that. Anyway. Um, yeah, he's fought, uh, you know, Pacorn, he's fought Shadow, uh, Manichai, Savas Michael, Sanchai. So he's he's had quite a few. He's fought some elite fighters there for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, fun fight this one. Uh, uh, Super Bowl knocked uh, Lobo down. I can't remember, round one maybe, but then, or round two? I can't remember. But anyway, and then, uh, man, I've, you can see in that little clip that I made... Um, what do you call those things? Reels. A little while ago, where I was talking about my my three pieces of advice. I know you could give four million, whatever, but three pieces of advice for fighting in small gloves. And one of them was invest to the body. You could see that Super Bowl was getting, I mean, he was getting a little tired too, but he was getting hit to the body and just starting to turn into a raisin. I mean, he was just starting to shrivel to just try to cover up as much of that body as he could because Lobo was hitting it hard. And uh, man, you know, if that was a five-round fight, the decision might be different. Super Bowl comes out the winner, but hell, man, hell of an effort from Lobo. I mean, that. I mean, those are kind of one of the fights that win or lose. You you kind of win. You know what I mean? You win or you learn. I'm just kidding. I hate that line. I get it, but I think it's stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, 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 and then we had. Oh, there we go. And then we also had in the semi-main event. I think we're talking about the same one still, right? Oh yeah. Sorry. And then moving on to the uh, one fight night on Prime, we had. Uh, uh, some some big ones to talk about anyway. Tawan Chai. Tawan Chai versus Smoking Joe. So this is where Tawan Chai was supposed to fight uh, Super Bond. Super Bond tore his calf, so he's out for a little while. And then, unfortunately, a couple days after that was announced was when we found out Super Lek was five pounds over, so that was now a three-round fight. But, oh, it just fell apart. But anyway, so in comes Smoking Joe. Not a what? Smoking Joe, 34 years old, five foot 10, 154 pounds. And he's fought from featherweight, you know, all the way to uh, <clears throat> middleweight, fighting out of Atlanta. 71 wins and 11 losses and two draws. He's the WMC world champ, WPMF world champ, five-time defending line fight champ. And, um, and he's, so he's fought, you know, Tawan Chai. He's fought Jamal Yusupov. He's fought uh, Alizov, Gregorian twice. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Petrosian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Georgia Petrosian. Uh, Sammy Santa, George Mann, he beat George Mann. Uh, oh, yeah, remember? If you guys, I've, there's a clip. If you don't even know who George Mann is, I know you know of that clip in one championship where the, the right side, I'm sure it's the right side, of that guy's head just balloons out right by his eye and head. Like, it's just, it, it you know, it looks terrible. And uh, Joe won that one. But by the way, shout out to George Mann. He sometimes kind of drops a like and a, and a listen here and there, and uh, I'm a big fan. Anyway, uh... Fought Regan Ursel, Mallet Pet, Charlie Peters, Canadian Sean Kearney, and Toby Smith. So Joe Nuttawat, uh yeah, he was so when Lion Fight was no, and I'm not throwing shade, so it looks like Lion Fight's taking a break. It looks like they're just coming back now and maybe starting fresh. But back in the day, Lion Fight, not then not that far in the day, 10, 12 years ago, maybe. Lion Fight was like one of the premier Muay Thai organizations in the world. I mean, they had, you know, champions like Fabio Pinka, Yodson Clyde Fertex, 
uh, 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 you know, Smoking Joe. Um, you know, it, it was legit that uh, Tiffany Van Zust, I think, they had some big fighters and big champions. And the belts were beautiful. And, uh, you know, people really wanted to fight for Lion Fight. So <clears throat> uh, Smoking Joe was five-time champ. And then I think he got knocked out head kick by uh, Regian Ursel. If I remember, I'm, I'm trying, guys. Listen, I'm old, I'm crusty. Sometimes your memory goes, right? Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure that's I'm sure that's who I'm thinking of. But and then uh in my honest opinion, <clears throat> I feel like kind of since then, uh Smoking Joe Nuttawat has been a gatekeeper. And I know that's not fair because you look at his record, 71 and 11. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a freaking good record. How can you be a gatekeeper with only 11 losses? But, uh, yeah, you know, a little little older. Um, it felt like even if, even if he's, even if saying he's a gatekeeper wasn't right. What the hell is that? Oh, it's my cat playing with a toy. Sorry. My cat tuna. Always interrupting. For those of you looking at the, uh, watching the Instagram before he was sitting on my homework. Now he's, now you gotta be playing with the noisiest thing. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Not a boy tune. Anyway, uh, I, I felt like he was treated as a gatekeeper, like, like a fill in, you know, like, am I, am I wrong in thinking that? I always feel like if you need a fill in, you call Joe Nutterwood. Am I wrong? Anyway. Me, I'm sure everybody except Joe and his family um, assumed Taiwan Chai would win this fight easily. And holy man, there! Listen, there's people talking online that Joe Nuttawat won that fight. Now I don't think so. I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was a close fight. I thought he did a good job smacking the legs of Taiwan Chai. But uh, I also, I also thought he did a good job. Like, like there, there was a lot of flurries, man. It was a close fight. I can see how people think Joe Nuttawat won that fight, but. I, and you know what? I thought he did a very good job of when there was a flurry, uh, you, you know, when when they would one of them would kick, and then there would be a flurry or or uh, you know, Taiwan Chai uh, because he's southpaw, right hook, straight left. I always thought that like as the flurry was going, it's almost like Joe Nuttall was trying to like, stay one step ahead while he was in the flurry. You know what I mean? Like as the flurry was happening, he was trying to increase the temperature, the speed, the power, the like. Uh, in the flurry, like I, I, I was very impressed. And uh, uh, oh, Tuna, you're killing me with that ball. <laughs> hey, oh man, I know you guys can hear that ball. I don't want to get taken away from my poor cat. Listen, you guys can deal with it, right? It'll be, it'll be a minute. It'll be a minute. You'll get bored anyway. Um, so uh, uh yeah, uh. Yeah, man, good, good fight. And, you know, on the other end of this, what I hope is that Joe, Smoking Joe gets another sort of, I don't want to say curl, career resurgence, but like another run. Not Maybe not even a championship run, like, but another run that, uh, you know, putting some eyes on him and get, getting in, in the news and being on social media and and uh, uh, earning a paycheck. Uh, anyway, so... Smoking Joe, man, he showed up. So did Taiwan Chai, man. That was, that was a great kickboxing fight. Uh, anyway, but then you look at the other, the rest of the featherweight division. I mean, there's there's Alizov, there's Superbon, there's uh, Gregorian, Sidichai, Jimmy Vino. That's now talking Muay Thai, not kickboxing. But so, you know, who does Taiwan Chai fight? I mean, I mean, Alizov? I, I guess there's Superbon. I, I know he's he's injured, but... And now hopefully you can add Smoking Joe into that mix. 
But anyway, that was that was a good good kickboxing fight. Uh, now in the main event we had Jonathan DeBella from Canada slash Italy, twenty seven years old, uh, five foot nine, one hundred and twenty six pounds. Now I'm not sure it's it's uh, Montreal born I think Canada slash Italy, but it says on Wikipedia fighting out of New York, New York. So uh, who knows? Twelve and 4 KOs, and he's the one strawweight kickboxing world champ. ISKA North American International and East Coast champ. And uh, he's fought Canadian and Calgarian standout from WTM Fitness, uh, Ethan Doucette. And again, make sure you listen to Albert Hahn's podcast. Uh, maybe 80, 81, WTM Fitness. Um, and uh, Zeng Paiman, the fight rooster. Uh, okay, cat. Okay, there it is. I see the ball. Give me one sec. All right. Just having a damn kid. All right. <laughs> uh, now, and he's fighting uh, Mini T. Now, we talked about Mini T lots uh, from Australia slash Thailand. And, uh, you know, MMA, kickboxing, Thai boxing, fought Rod Tang, took him to a decision. Um, um, you know, anyway, we, we've talked about Mini T lots. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of him, you know. Uh, in in a nice way, um, I think of him as like a, just just a barn cat, you know, just scrappy, you know, willing to get down, get dirty, you know. And uh, he tried against Jonathan Debella. Let me tell. I don't I don't understand. So I haven't <clears throat> I don't have a lot of history or knowledge on Debella, but and nor have I put in a lot of time. Uh, listen, this is this is still a hobby. If y'all want to pay me, listen, I'll put more homework in. I pay me. I, I mean, I promise. I pay me. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, twelve and zero is a pro, and and you're man, and he looks good. Like he very kind of conventional boxing style, but but uh, a southpaw. But man, his combos are good. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's kind of different, or or something that I thought. Now, besides planting his feet, he's quite planted, or at least he was in this fight. But you finally are starting to see someone look like a kickboxer. He looks like a kickboxer. And, and I, 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 I used to, I love Dutch, obviously Dutch kickboxing, kickboxing, whatever. I love it all. But I, I did used to think that Dutch kickboxing glory style, you know, sort of had that sort of, you know, cross hook, low kick. And then you go back to me and the hook cross switch kick and a, a little bit cookie cutter and sort of you go, I go. And, if there's anything I had to knock on, that's what it felt like a little bit. Um, it felt like uh, Jonathan DeBella, well, like like it feels like one championship has put a lot of Thai boxing guys in kickboxing fights, and it just feels like an awkward kickboxing or Muay Thai fight. And so I thought this Jonathan DeBella fight, like I was like, damn, you know, now we're looking at a kickboxer, like like the crisp hands, you know combinations everything is in combinations it's fast you know finishing with the kick kick punch 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 kick and just you know that the angles anyway i just uh you know, beautiful classic kickboxing i kind of miss looking at that to be honest for a bit it's beautiful uh and then at the end you know people you know who do you want next and he just said you know you know hey it's uh, oh, oh boy his leg oh geez man tell you what when you're punching that much he, he's very hand heavy very good boxing you, that means you got to plant on that front leg, and his leg just got smashed to shit from Mini T. Uh, I know at the end he was like, "Oh, you know, oh my dad, my leg's fine. My dad beats me up all the time, but you know, kicks my leg." But listen, that 
oof, oof, rough one. It, it, it was it was chewed up. Good game plan, but uh, just just faster, uh, you know, you know, sharper, not not moving so much from the body. You know, as Danny T, like when you look at them, I'm not saying he is, but when you look at them comparatively, uh, Mini T sort of mo- very moving from the core. You know, not very fine motor punching skills like you see from DeBella. Not that he doesn't have it. It's just DeBella is just on a new level. But anyway, DeBella, I, I I don't know, man. Like, well, I don't know this guy's where his amateurs coming from. If he's got much amateur, like I said, I haven't put too, too much homework into it. But uh, wow, super impressive. Nice. Seems like a nice fella. So uh, yeah, man, big, big things from him. But, you know, Mini T, you know, uh, I, 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 I hope that he keeps going, of course. I mean, it's tough. If you want my honest opinion, he's not going to be a champion. And, and and I like the guy, but he just, you know, just, just unfortunately falls falls short in, in the MMA kickboxing, tie boxing. But, but still a big fan either way, though. Uh, okay, and then we also had the season now. Was it season two of the Rajadamnorn? Oh, let's use some of this stuff. Jeez, I got some new ones. Um, Hold up, guys. Hold up. Sorry, sorry, guys. I got some new, like, fun sounds. I figured out how to do this with my with my machine. Not that this is fitting, but let's talk about it. Let's do it anyway. All right, let's move on to the Ratchet Demon World Series. Whoa, all right. I believe this was uh, season two coming to an end. And uh, if you remember way back, this started off, they announced, like, the welterweight tournament was Danny Rodriguez and a friend of the show, Brad Stanton. I just like saying friend of the show that these people come on here. And, uh, uh, oh, Pet Morocot and Dan and Chai. Anyway, crazy tournament. So, uh, comes to a close. Anyway, uh, Ritty Wada, Pet Yindi, Ritty Wada, Ritty Wada. Uh, uh, now he, he's had a couple fights in one and I didn't know him too, too much. Or I heard him like once or, or, or like barely. Like maybe I'm like, oh, I think I saw, I, it's the hair. I always recognize the hair, but anyway. Before he kind of came to one, he had his maybe one or two fights. I was like, man, I, I don't really... I think he got starched, too. I can't remember. By Semipet? Or he starched Semipet? But anyway, couldn't really... I didn't really know him before that. So, obviously, his little stint in one, obviously, obviously. Um, I started paying a little more attention. And we know where to RWS and uh, was part of this tournament. And um, I guess it would be... Oh, you know, shit, if you're going to do this, at least write down the weights, but <laughs> um, the weight under, the, uh, so 147, yeah, one, the 147 tournament, and uh, uh, he got a KO over Hercules, beautiful too, now he's got a few KOs coming in, or while in this tournament, and uh, he KO'd Hercules in the finals, so uh, with a beautiful elbow, and uh, so he wins his tournament bracket, he's also awarded the MVP of the uh, uh, RWS final. So he won himself a Ducati crotch rocket and 3 million bot, which at least today, if you looked at the bank earlier, is $110,000, 770, I'm sorry, $110,777.82. Is my cat still messing with me? You're a terror cat. Anyway. Um, and then in the other bracket, the 154 bracket, Tanenchai beats Yanwicha to win the welterweight. 
uh, RWS tournament title. So not not the turn not the Rajadamnan Stadium, but the tournament. And uh, you know, looking back on that from the very beginning, I just assumed we would see. Uh, uh, if it, I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest, I don't want anybody to go back and and call me out on it. But if I remember, I think I assumed we or hoping we would see Danny Rodriguez versus uh, Pet Morakot in the finals, and uh, Danny Rodriguez again narrowly losing a fight with Yadwicha. Um, their third go, I think they're still kind of politely ish beacon back and forth that they want to have a go again. They've all been close. Um, and then Pet Morikot lost to Tanenchai. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Tanenchai, I believe kind of an army guy, you know, hardened dude. Beats uh, Yarwicha. That's awesome. So there you go. Caught up for, uh, for today's fun fights. Now, let me, uh, let me back up here. Do, do, do. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now, Rise of the Warrior Fight Night recap. Uh, so this is my second time going out to uh, uh, Brampton, Ontario to commentate for Rise of the Warrior. I do want to thank, again, Michael Fitzpatrick, Jesse, uh, Mike Spom, uh, any, anybody that, that's involved. You guys have only treated me like gold, and I really appreciate that. Enough where, like, and I've said it to you guys, that if you don't call me back for the next, I'll, be ins- I'll, I'll personally be insulted. So... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's great. Now, uh, the crowd, like, like when everybody goes, Hey man, how was your trip? Here's the couple of things that pop into my mind. Uh, next time, Mike, we got, we got to talk flights, bro. Those are brutal. I'm too old for that, (laughs) man. I got to tell you overnight flights, man. The red eye, just listen, I I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that, man. I'm I'm not hardened enough. I'm no Kieran Kettle. (laughs) <laughs> uh the other thing I think of is dude, it's crazy out there, man. The crowd and just the hype that everyone's like with their gyms and just just everyone's wearing their not everyone, but a lot of people wearing their sunglasses indoors. I'm not used to seeing that. <laughs> like just it's wild, man, and just loud and just wild. It's fun. So fun. Uh and quick, you know, that's the other thing too. It's they're, they're quick. You're in, you're out. And, and that's great. Love it. I love my family. I don't want to be away from my family. So anyway, so <clears throat> the flight, the red eye. Now listen, I got this ACL thing. I, I, I'm waiting. I'm literally waiting for a phone call. I'm hoping tomorrow. They told me they'll probably call me over the weekend to let me know about my knee. It's it's banged up. But anyway, so, you know, you're, you're flying from sort of like two in the morning. Well, it's supposed to be 1230, but two whatever uh and you know you get there a little whatever you you get there you get your hotel you do your thing you have a nap you're in your hotel everything's good you go for lunch and uh so i'm hanging out with jonathan wheel shout out to him the the announcer for the muay thai world cup uh sean newberry shout out to you buddy friend of the show kieran kettle shout out the show i'm sorry friend of the show shout out of the show and uh anyway so Whatever, we, we go for lunch and biggity bam, off to the venue. So, man, 24 fights, 24 fights. And, you know, I got to admit, like, that's that's a lot of fights. And they started at 5 p.m. And 
I got to admit, on a good day, I'm like, I'd be like, holy shit, man, 24, hey? And listen, I'm no, I don't know, how many have I done? 10, maybe? I'm no pro with this, but shit, less. But anyway, I got enough of an idea where you're like, 24, man, that's a lot. So you realize you just took the red eye, your sleep schedule's all wonky, and you know, like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? But, you know, I'm I'm enough of a live fight fan that uh, once the fights kick off, man, I'm good. Off you, you just, all the sleep, none of the sleep, it doesn't matter. Just off you go. And, uh, man, I just I just love being part of the excitement. You, you know what it is. And uh, it's that I'm sitting down and I'm watching and just, just like waiting for a bomb to go off. Like, oh, man, there's a big one coming. I know it. I know it. And it happens right in front of you. And it's just, you know, God, it's so exciting. Anyway, uh, uh, let's see. Here. So the venue, Red Owl Boxing, and uh, listen, man, that's like the best gym ever. Like, if that was that's the gym you think you want, like, there's there's an actual gym to work out. There's a boxing ring. I'm assuming like a juice bar, and like it's like it's it's a boxing gym slash gym, but they also have stadium seating. And I don't know. It's 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 a cool place. I I, uh, I think it's pretty awesome. But uh, anyway, then there was there was like three. There was two two four man tournaments. I think and one four woman or one four man one four woman. And uh, yeah, just uh, I'm just sorry guys. Just reading my notes here. Seven titles. So shout out to uh, so who won these? Uh, oh okay, I wrote this down. Uh, Basil. My bad guy. Listen, I don't have his last name. Basil. Um, I didn't write it down, but I feel so bad. So one thing I try to do when I'm commentating is know everyone's names correctly. And I recognize that's part of the homework. So I didn't know those. So people are telling me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. I'm just saying there's, there's an official beside me. I'm like, hey, what's, what's this guy's name? It's Basil. I'm like, oh, okay, but here comes Basil. But I'm like, I heard the ring announcer say Basil, but then I'm like, he's English. So then I think in Austin Powers, like, you know, all right, Basil. And I'm like, someone said Basil or Basil? And someone's like, it's Basil. I'm like, Basil. And then I keep hearing in the crowd, and finally it was like a buddy, let's go, Basil. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick with Basil, I think. The ring announcer said Basil, so Basil it is. So I, I apologize for uh, giving you a few different names uh, that night, man. But, uh, Basil versus Armis, and then Hemi versus Scott. And then so in the finals, it was uh, Basil versus Scott. And uh, yeah, Basil becoming, uh, winning that one. And yeah, good four-man four man tournament right off the bat. Uh, so I think, I can't remember how this works. Anyway, the, the winner now fights for a WBC title. Anyway, good good fights. It was fun. This Scott guy, kind of MMA-like, the not traditional Muay Thai, but man, spinning hook kick, jump spinning back kick, just busting out all the cool stuff, karate stuff I like. <laughs> Hold on, all the karate stuff I like. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and then on the uh, there was also a, a four women's tournament: uh, Janelle, Jen Mahalia, and Oliver. And uh, Mahalia and Oliver. Now that was a banger, Mahalia again. Like I said, from Wolfhouse and Oliver. So this is my second time commentating Oliver. And quite an improvement, but man, just what a workhorse. Uh, uh, punch to kick, punch to kick, punch to kick, and, and quite a bit shorter stock here. So having to get inside, but just absolutely outworking uh, uh, 
both Mahalia in the first round, who had a great fight as well, and uh, Janelle, who passed her test in the uh, <clears throat> in her opening bout. So Oliver, the winner versus Janelle, so she moves on. And again, I I, I don't know how this works. Like I'm not saying like I, I don't know. Is she the champ? I don't know. Like I really don't know. Uh, I probably should have double checked that. Uh, now, also, there was a kid's fight that night, too. Isaiah. Isaiah, I can't remember. Uh, Mississauga Muay Thai, I believe. Uh, training with Eric Rocha. Now, listen, this kid, man, just... <laughs> he was so fun. He, he Now, he fought a kid named Torin, and he, Torin won the fight. Very impressive. Uh, good straight shots. The tall, lanky kid fighting like he should. Isaiah, shorter, stocky, very intense, fighting kind of like he, he should. Like, reminds me of, like, a... I don't even know, man, but just this kid had war cries. Ah! Ah, at the start of the fight, and you're like, oh, this kid's intense. And I'm talking like eight. This kid's like eight, maybe eight, seven, eight. And then he doesn't win a f his fight. And at the end, he's still doing it, climbing up in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. Anyway, Isaiah, yeah, that was fun, man. You made my night that night. That was great. Uh, Fiza versus Halen in a rematch. And uh, man, I got to tell you, I'm a fan of Fiza. So. I've I've now seen her fight. I, I mean, I don't even know uh, two, three, four, five, like, like six, five, six times. And uh, I'm a fan because she's no nonsense. I've seen her in the gym, so I've seen her now in class and a couple seminars, and and uh, now that I've been out there a few times and and just just watching her warm up and 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 uh, she's so stoic and she there's just no messing about with her, and she won her title, so I. Uh, now, I believe it's a rubber match versus Halen. Very good match, by the way. Halen was disappointed. And Halen, if you ever listen to this, first of all, your parents, hopefully you better wait till you know, she's 16. Not, not a good show. Not We swear. Just, just wait a little bit. <laughs> anyway, when you're older and you hear this, uh, uh, listen, hold your head high. I mean, FISA is like best in North America for sure. And then only on a complete upward trajectory. And Halen was right neck and neck with her. So... Uh, great fight, but anyway, yeah, I'm a fan of Fiza. No, no nonsense. Get to work, and uh, proof is in the pudding. You can see. And so when she won the title, I can't remember what it was now. Something like I'm back or I'm the champ. Just scream, you know, I'm the champ. And that was that was it. It's the most emotion I've ever seen out of her. So good, cool, cool. Our, our juniors, and uh, what a future. Now my the one I was looking forward to the most, Thomas Mandra versus Victor Alvim. Thomas Mandra fought uh, what, uh, Stephen O'Pong, I think. Yeah, yeah, in the uh, road to one quarterfinals. And uh, today he was going to fight uh, Victor Alvim, who, who and good, good fight, by the way, good strategic fight. So now I've seen Victor three times, and, you know, I've now seen the sort of the, the three results you kind of get. I've seen him be the hammer. I've seen him be the nail, and I've seen him just have a good hard fight. Um, anyway, so yeah, it was Thomas Manja versus Alvim, and that was for the uh, Rise of the Warrior title. And uh, boy, Thomas Manja, very tall. I, I like his skills. Very good straight shots. He's looking like every, everything that he should a tall guy should do is you know, a testament, obviously, not just to him, his coaches, his gym, and all that good stuff. You know, Nothing they don't know, of course. But uh, Ajax MMA, matter of fact. Uh uh, good straight shots, looking for that knee for people who are stepping in for the overhand. Of course, watch the overhand. But So with Victor coming in with, with sort of a lot of hooks, uh, Thomas doing a good job keeping his guard high 
and landing landing the knees straight shots. I watched him on Instagram just showing uh, uh, throwing. What would it be? I guess it'd be straight left. I think he's southpaw. Uh, straight left shots down to the sternum, down to the stomach on Instagram with his pad man, and you're like, "Ooh, that's a good shot!" And boy, he can really use it well in the fight too. Um, so yeah, Thomas Manger comes away the winner of that one, and uh, good good fight. You know, I'm getting to know these guys a little more, especially the East guys. I just don't know very well. And uh, but now now that we're starting to really see it, you know, thanks to thanks to guys like Michael Fitzpatrick, Kieran Kettle, the Muay Thai World Cup, like, and, and not just that. I mean, I mean. Tournaments, uh, uh, you know, Airdrie for the WKA, um, you know, out in Ontario. I'm not sure who hosts the, uh, you know, Muay Thai Canada, but but you know, the the crossover is starting to happen a lot. The east east to west, it's great. So you get to see get to see these people. They're the other side, your other countrymen who are who are talented. You don't really know a lot of. So anyway, whole point is I got to see that and it was good. Uh, now we had also had Ferb versus Max. So Max now on the sheet at the fights, maybe because your last name is so long, but I, I messed it up. I just read it off the sheet. So Korovyakovsky. Now, if I, I'm hoping I got that right, completely did not write that down. So, uh, and he's fighting Ferb now. Uh, Ferb trains with uh, Michael Fitzpatrick and, uh, um, you know, good fight. Max just so much taller and these guys just beat the piss out of each other's legs. Uh, it was Ferb attacking Max's inside leg and Max fought on the Muay Thai World Cup versus Jason Davis which I got to commentate, and uh, Max beating up the outside of Ferg's leg. So eventually you could tell these guys, although we're trying to hit each other and hurt each other, uh, we're still just like, whatever, whatever you do, don't touch my leg. Whatever you do, don't touch my leg. So, <laughs> uh, Good hard fight. Max comes away with that one. And uh, man, you could tell, I could tell Ferg was nervous and kind of felt like he was putting pressure on himself. Don't do that to yourself, man. That doesn't help nobody. Just go, just go have a good fun fight. Um... All right, guys, what else? Well, we had Ram. Ram as well from uh, uh, Triumph Muay Thai versus Matt. Now, Matt Houston, I think, was his last name. And again, guys, I'm, I'm just trying to write this down as fast as I can. So Ram Villardo. I'm sorry. Listen, I could just get the Instagram going here right now, but I'm just trying to do it off the top of my head at versus Matt Houston. So uh, Matt, I'm sorry, Ram, the fighting minister on Instagram. And... Uh, we're in a Chop City gear. And then there's Chop City shirts everywhere. I don't know what it means, but everybody else does. Oh, my goodness. And and they're avid followers. Boy, do they know what it means. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, Ram just came out and, and put his hands all over Matt. And just it just felt like whether he... And no disrespect to Matt. I mean, shit, sometimes that's just the fight game, but... You know, Ram could punch behind his back, punch between his legs. You know, just just spin and, and close his eyes and punch wherever he wanted, and it would it would land and it would land clean on Matt. And so, uh, um, you know, Ram just coming forward hard, clearly found an opportunity, got an eight count, and just 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 hopped on it. Like I, I bet he had uh, his heart rate higher in the warm up than in the fight. And that's just a fight game. No disrespect to to, to Matt. I mean, maybe that would happen again. Maybe it would happen worse. Maybe it would go the other way around. Like. That's the cool part of the fight game. But in the meantime, Ram's your winner, new champ, and uh, congratulations, friend. I was hoping to see you fight a little bit longer. Um, now, again, like I just talked about, I get to see some fighters from the East fight, but okay, well, maybe next one. <laughs> uh, and friend of the show, Sean Newberry, fighting a rematch versus uh, Danilo Venegas. Those guys fought the first go on the Muay Thai World Cup. 
semi road to one semifinals. And then Sean had a different uh, a different opponent, but there was a pullout, so Danilo wanted to have another go. So these guys went ten rounds, and uh, Sean Newberry comes out the champ. Uh, yeah, rise of the warrior title. So yeah. other than that, I wrote down. Uh, good to see Tony again. Diamond Muay Thai. Have some lunch, hang out, have a beer, and uh, you know, again, you're in, you're out. Um, I'm hoping to spend some more time out east. I'd love to, uh, you know. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get some 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 fun friends, some Muay Thai friends out east, and so I'm hoping I can maybe do a tour out there. But you know, we'll see. Anyway, all right, guys, there you go. Wasn't that fun? Um, all right. Other than that, what do we got here, guys? Also, we had the uh, uh, week before Stan Fairtex. For those who saw that fight, broke Hamzohi's arm. Oh my goodness! And then finished her to the body. That's two in a row for Stan Fairtex to the body. What a savage! She's a complete superstar, too. So I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying, listen, so I was in Thailand and I was training at Fairtex. And like, if I was up in the morning eating breakfast, Stamp was training. If I was training, Stamp was training in the afternoon. If I was uh, singing at karaoke, Stamp was training. If I went for a walk in the evening, Stamp was training. When I trained in the evening, Stamp was training. Like, she just trained non, 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 nonstop. And wow, what a superstar. So you got to wonder, like, what's next? So you're, you're a three-sport three world champ. Like, I guess you get it. There's a couple of rematches. You know, I mean, uh, do I have anything written down here? Um, no. No, I, I kind of, I, I was thinking I maybe had some, like, a possible opponents or rematches or something. But anyway... Yeah, it's hard to say, but uh, man, Stamp, Stamp is a superstar. I'm not saying, like, is there any possibility she moves over to the UFC? That way she can kind of really grab that U.S. market? I doubt it. I doubt it. I am just, you know, I've heard a podcast. Just asking questions. Just asking questions. Anyway. Uh, man, you know, I, I guess trying to... Now, now she, I, if I recall, she's not currently... Is she simultaneously the world champ? Or it was... Is it there's... Anyway, I, I don't know. Let's move on. Here we go. Anyway, we also had Smilla Sundell. Now, her nickname is the Hurricane. Come on, shouldn't it be like Smilla the Killer or Smilla the Thriller Sundell versus Alicia Rodriguez? Smilla Sundell, 18 years old, training at a Fairtex and uh, two-time one strawweight world champ. She's 3-0 and in one Muay Thai, Three and then one and own kickboxing, five foot eight, and uh, she's the youngest. Now it says the I can't remember where I saw this. The youngest Muay Thai champ. I don't know if it's one. It can't be ever. I don't know. I'm assuming one championship. The youngest Muay Thai champ at 18 years old, and uh, you know what? I consistently hear from people that I know that she just nobody wants to fight her. She cannot find fights. So in the meantime, Alicia Rodriguez, 25 years old, five foot three. Smilla, five foot eight. Alicia, five foot three. Alicia, one hundred and fifteen pounds. Smilla, one hundred and twenty-five pounds. So obviously a size difference here. Uh, Alicia, 20, uh, thirty-two wins, six losses. Training at a Phuket Fight Club, um, and she's the uh, current defending one Adam Weight Muay Thai champ. Uh, now, now, no, no offense at all to Alicia Rodriguez. I, I think she's very good. Obviously, she's a world champion. Uh, but boy, it, it, it was, and she wrote on her Instagram and her trainer, 
Uh, we knew that Smilla is big. She's strong. She's dangerous. Uh, and on paper, maybe doesn't look like a smart fight, but we're up for a challenge. And, you know, very much like Haggerty and Nong-O, like, greatness doesn't happen unless you go for it, right? So she went for it. Now, unfortunately, uh, Smilla did her thing and, uh, and, and punished Alicia Rodriguez for it. And so the ref probably stepped in at the right time and called that fight off. So Smilla, you're defending champ. And then we also had uh, American Ninja, Asa Tenpao versus Rambo Lek from Thailand. Asa Tenpao, Florida Kickboxing Academy, 34 years old, five foot eight, uh, two and one in one championship. And his last four fights, I only have his last four, but so Rambo Lek, which was what he just had. And then uh, Hamzi Howe, Mehdi Zatut. And then I think his fight before that was with Kevin Ross when we... Uh, uh, interviewed him on the old school Bulldog and Bear show that me and Karen did, Kieran did, which was the birth of the Shadow Podcast, by the way. But anyway, uh, yeah. So listen, Asa Tempau, man, beautiful straight, and ends up knocking him out. Good hard. That, this was a hard fight too. Now, if I remember, I've seen so many fights as of late. I does Tempau does he get dropped in this one? I can't remember if he got dropped in this one, but I can tell you that he did get a, a broken arm, and you can see. You can see at the end of the fight, he kind of looks down and, and sort of gives his arm a little wiggle. I I can tell you from having a few broken arms as an adult that when you do that, what you're feeling, literally, I promise, is your bones clicking together where they're broken. You can feel that as you kind of give it a wiggle, you can feel it go click, 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 click. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, it hurts. And then you do that. And you're like, oh, I can feel that. So... Kind of a universal symbol, but man, he comes away with a big KO. Uh, Hansi Howe, I, th- I know he got dropped in that one too, but again, comes away a, a, with, a, with a big knockout in that one. Medi's a toot, so that was his one his one debut and uh, ends up with a broken orbital from Medi's a toot. That was a, a rough go. But uh, boy, Asa Tempo having having some hard-ass fights in one championship and coming away, man. I mean, he's, and he's busting out some ninja shit, right? That American ninja stuff, like... Dude, he is super impressive. And uh, uh, anyway, versus Rambo Lek, 20 years old from Thailand, 62 wins, 14 losses, two and two in one championship at 140 pounds. He was a Channel 7 champ. And uh, he was also the first fighter to receive the one Friday fight's $100,000 contract as well. That was Rambo Lek. But yeah, Asa Tempau, man, awesome. Good, good to see him uh, kicking ass. And then uh, we got... Okay. All right, guys. I thought we'd get into this probably like way more than half an hour ago, but uh, uh, here we are. So with uh, Rafi Bohik out, and like I was saying, I was like, France. Um, Oh, shit. Give me one sec. (laughs) I don't want to screw it up. There we go. Not that I worked hard, but anyway, I was talking about France and uh, uh, just just some of the unbelievable Muay Thai fighters that have come out of France. So I figured this would be a good opportunity to go through, not with too much research, but a little bit, my, not the, let me be very clear on that, my favorite fighters to come out of France. All right. So with no further ado, but with a little... <clears throat> Here we go. 
we have some quick facts about France. It is the largest European country and is the most visited country worldwide. France, one of the premier tourist countries in the world, where the capital Paris is known as the city of love. Oh, let's keep that going, hey? Yeah, why not, hey? Where people eat the most disgusting of cheeses, the fluffiest of croissants, and 25,000 tons of snails per year. Disgusting. A land that changed the way of the world such with such contributions like the hot air balloon, the pencil sharpener, the stapler, and the steamboat. But... They also have a shitload of badass fighters. Here are my top seven favorite fighters from France of all time. <clears throat> Here we go. I'll give you the facts first, and then I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'll give you the name. So, uh, how, do, how does this work? I guess we'll start there. All right. So, holy Jesus, do I have twelve? Oh no, sorry, my bad. Seven. Yeah, I got seven. So. I only came up with seven because I thought anything further than that, uh, um, I'm, I'm reaching a little too far. So I've, I've either only heard them or I've seen them or I don't really know who they are. I just kind of heard this and that or uh, I don't even like them. <laughs> so these are my favorite. Um, I tried to put them, uh, I think I kind of think one through three or four were the easy ones. After that, it got a little muddy. I tried my best. But anyway, here we go. He is currently 50 years old. He was active in 1992, from 1992 to what says the present, but says Wikipedia. He's six foot three, 264 pounds. That gives a pretty much gives it away right there. He has a boxing record of six and zero, oh, kickboxing record of 86 wins, 22 losses, two draws, and 770 knockouts. Jesus. Uh, three-time three-time WKM world champ defending, uh, then defending, I'm sorry, four-time ISKA world champ with defenses, three other world titles, multi-Euro champ, French champ, international champ, and every other K1 honorary award you can think of. He's beat guys like Stefan Leko, Tom Novak, Tyrone Spong, Hong Man Choi, who's over seven feet tall, Remy Bonjaski, Gary Goodridge from Canada, Cyril Abidi, that's a fellow countryman, Mark Hunt, his name is Jerome LeBanner. Jerome LeBanner for me comes in at number seven. Um, you know, he could come in higher too, to be honest, because uh, kickboxing for me got... Um, so I was introduced to it in grade eight. I don't know what the hell year that was, 1909 or something. But grade eight, grade nine, I became very familiar with, with Muay Thai and kickboxing, but it became... Like, like I could actually attach myself as a fan when I was at my girlfriend's house in grade 10. Shout out to Shayla. That's all I remember. But uh, anyway, and uh, of course, we're having dinner. And what's on TSN? Old school K1. Andy Hoog, Mike Bernardo, uh, uh, Jerome LeBanner. Anyway, awesome. Awesome. So I have him at number seven. Now, I... I looked on Wikipedia and it I it said he he won now K1 had so many offshoots you know Oceana and uh you know guys who were left-handed champions and you know like just so many different kinds of champion but for the longest time I now it says he was a champ I didn't really write it down but 
I could have. I called him for the longest time, the uncrowned king of K one. Did am I incorrect in that? Maybe somebody could, you know. Actually, he won. The, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. But uh, that's how I always thought of him is the uncrowned king of K one. And uh, obviously, 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 his two fights with Knockweed, Knockweed Davi, you know, who, who he outweighed by a hundred pounds, and won by decision, which is crazy. And, and is available on YouTube. And uh, the fight he had with uh, Cyril Abidi, where I must have been a headbutt. His his head just grew like 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 a, it was growing another head. It was it was gross. And uh, man, he has delivered so many headaches and received so many himself. Anyway, moving on to number six. He is French Algerian. Uh, trained at the Plowing Gym in Thailand, 53 years old. He was active from 1988 to 98. 5'8", 139 pounds. Uh, uh, 139 to 148. He fought 70 wins, 10 losses, 1 draw, 4-time world champ, 1-time French champion. He was the first Algerian Frenchman to become a world champ. And he was became friends with Jean-Claude Van Damme at Lumpini Stadium which makes me jealous and pretty much puts this guy honorary at number one on this list. But we'll keep him at number six for now. <laughs> um, now, he's had some savage fights. So he's fought guys like Ramon Deckers and beat him at four fights. Peter Cunningham, Canadian. Koban, Kong Torani, uh, You know, hard, low kick, very heavy hand. Well, here's the bottom line. If you beat Ramon you, uh, four times, two wins, two losses... You yourself are a savage. And that is Dita Diafat. And Dita is a savage. And, and you know what? Maybe a little un, uncrowned or uns, unsung, man. He's he's a real bad dude. And, uh, you know, the reality is if you're a fan of Ramon Deckers, you're a, you're a fan of uh, Dita, man. He's, he's fun. All right, next one. Uh, he's... 39 years old. Currently, he was active, started fighting from 2000. Hey, by the way, guys, some of these facts might be a little bit off. Uh, uh, you know, just some websites say this, some say that. So I tried my best to kind of between Wikipedia and one championship or, or whatever else I could kind of find here. But anyway, active from 2000, five foot nine, 140 to 154 with a record of 100 wins, 24 losses and four draws with 35 KOs. He is 1-0 in MMA. Okay, some of you guys might get this. My guess it was some of these stats. Uh, 2017, uh, Rajadamnan champ at 67 kgs. He's a three-time world champ, Thai fight and lion fight champion, and uh, European and French champion as well. He's beat such guys as Rungrat, Osab Amrani, Liam Harrison, Andre Kulabin, Charlie Peters, Bobo Sacco, Malapet, Mehdi Zatut, Capitan, Dave Finoskin, Sanchai, Yusuf Buganam, obviously on the way up because now he's huge. And Bovi, which is where I think he caught most people's eyes. Definitely mine, but other people as well. And uh, fought, he's fought Nong O, Tong Chai, Sidichai, Sayok, Georgia Petrosian, Kem Adichai. And we're talking about the great Fabio Pinka coming in at number five. I got to meet him, by the way, in Calgary during the COVID time. And uh, I was just, I bought a front row ticket to Athena Palace, the women's MMA fight cards. 
And he was just kind of hanging out. Like, oh, I ran over there. Oh, my. And I swear he thought there was a fire. Oh, my God. He just, you. I know you. You don't know me, but I know you. And that's okay. And you could tell he was like, ah, oh, oh, fire. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, and then uh, I'm like, hey, can I get a picture? And security, put your mask on. He's shut up. I'm getting, do you know who this guy is? And you could tell they're like, uh, I have no idea. I'm like, busting out some stats and they just don't care. Well, shut up. Anyway. The guy's fighting royalty, so I got my picture. It's not a good one, but I got it. Anyway, number four. This kid, this guy, this fella, kid, this fella is 48 years old. And, uh, ooh, didn't write this so hot, did I? He was active from 1991. It says until present. I don't know about that. Uh, Fought it. um, Wikipedia says something, and Instagram says 155 pounds. 40, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Wikipedia says 40 wins, 11 losses, two draws with three knockouts. Like, this seems a little weird. But uh, Alcatron.com says over 100 fights with 80 KOs. He's a seven-time world champion, two-time French champ, four-time European champ, and Ifma Gold. And uh, he's also, if I recall... Um, a big favorite, a friend of the show, Brad Wall, and that is Farid Vayum. Um, yeah, he, oh man, that was probably, I, I was really getting big into Muay Thai, like Sanchai, I kind of found these guys around the same time, but uh, yeah, I mean, and he's fought, he's fought Sayok, he's fought Lansom Kram, he's fought, uh, you know, Yodson Clyfertex, uh, long, lanky style, good elbows, anyway, very very fun fighter from France. All right. Now, if you remember, I did say at the beginning of the podcast-ish that when we're talking about this, uh, uh, that they, they could be raised in France. <laughs> I mean, shit, if, that, if you're a real Muay Thai nerd, if that doesn't give it away, you probably already know anyway. But anyway, you know, you could kind of be half, you know what I mean? Or like, like, like if I was born in Canada... And at five years old, I moved to the U.S. and I, I now I'm 41. I'd, I'd like, you know, I feel like in a list like this, I might be able to qualify as American. So just saying that. All right. And okay, here we go. So we're at our top three then. So think about that top three. Top three from France and or raised in France. Sure, we can figure out two of the three. Hey, I don't know. Maybe maybe number one is surprising because they weren't born in France. I can't give it away anymore. Okay, here we go. Number three. Uh, um, this fellow was is 33 years old. He's active from 1999 till 2014 and then took a break. And then from 2020 until possibly present, according to Wikipedia, 5'10", fought on 140 pounds, uh, 61 wins, 12 losses, one draw with 28 KOs. Two-time Lumpini champ, one-time defending. Ding, ding. There's the big giveaway. Four-time world champ with defenses, European champ, French champion. The first non-tied to defend a Lumpini belt, which he did in 2012. And uh, he's beat uh, Hussein Benoui, Choke Eminent Air, Kong Fa, Dieselek, which uh, is now, who's now known as Capitan. Uh, he's fought Senchai. He's fought Orono, Sidichai, Tongchai. And it is the great Damien Alamos who trained a Sing Patong in uh, uh, in Thailand. 
No, he's he's really popular as of late on Instagram, and as he should be. Um, so again, I, I'm very familiar with with him. Now, listen, uh, like not like a massive fan, but I was like very well aware, you know, especially when he, after he fought Sanchez, right? He, he, that kind of helps you put on, maybe not so much anymore, but back in the day, that really kind of helped put you on the map. So you started paying attention to who he was. Now, unfortunately, that was kind of like pretty much near the end when he was deciding to stop. So, but I did get to do a block. So he did a block at the CSA Coaches Clinic, and uh, man, so there was there was Vinny. And by the way, shout out to Vinny. I am hoping we'll see him him in November. Uh, Vinny Shorman. There was a, there was Vinny. There was Liam Harrison. There was Kieran Fitzgibbons himself from CSA. Uh, Coach Pat McGriff. Uh, uh, Damien Alamos. I think I got everybody. And the one that sticks with me the most and the one I practice the most and want to review and go over is, is the stuff from Damien Alamos. Just the, the game plan from the stance. And, and, and anyway, it was good. It was really awesome. So n- now that you get to sort of experience and ask questions and find out his game and then you go back and look at how he fought it. Anyway, it's cool. It's cool to be able to sort of deconstruct that way. All right, number two. Currently 48 years old, fought from 139 pounds up to 160. And uh, he fought from 1992 to 06, 75 wins, 23 losses with three draws and 51 knockouts. He's a two-time King's Cup winner, uh, one tournament winner and one Super Bowl. ISKA world champ, three-time European champ, French champion, 2000 Sports Writers Association Fight of the Year with Robert Knorsing, who... I think teaches out of his gym now, Skarbowski Gym. Oh, I just ruined it. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Jean-Jean Skarbowski. Dummy. Anyway, come on. As if you didn't know. Anyway, uh, uh, Ken Orsing, Robert Kenorsing, I, I think maybe teaches out of his gym in Paris. Anyway, geez, I'm stupid, eh? Anyway, two times he was ranked number one in Rajadamnon Stadium. First ever non-tie to be ranked number one at 100, and so he's ranked at 140 and 160. And he was in the top five for three years. He's beat Lansong Cram. He's one of my favorites. Uh, Choke D, he's beat Arono, like I just said. Robert, he's fought Oli Larson, Polkow, Jordan Tai, Jordan Wayne pa- uh, John Wayne Parr. Uh, yeah, Jean-Charles Skarbowski. And, of course, he's known around these parts, known around these parts for... Uh, uh, his his stint in uh, the Ultimate Fighter there with George St. Pierre, where he was drunk and slapping cats around, and uh, word on the street is that uh, they only wanted to bring him in for one episode, but he was just so such good TV that they wanted to keep him for more. So anyway, legend Jean Charles Skarbowski, the Tattoo Dragon, which brings us to my drum roll with one hand on my table, my number one. Favorite French, raised in France, <laughs> or born in France fighter, Muay Thai fighter of all time. Okay. He grew up in France. He fought in the 80s and 90s from 1986 to officially, I guess, 2012, but 80s and 90s. He was the first quote-unquote French representative to win a world title in Thailand. He fought around 147-ish pounds, five foot nine. 115 wins, 11 losses with 40 KOs, according to SiamFightMag.com. Seven-time world champion, 
four times he's won these titles. That so of the seven world championships, four of them were won in Thailand. He's beat such greats as Sanktianoi, Orono, Ramon Deckers, Joel Cesar, Nokweed, Den Wong Sarin. Oh yeah, then I also right here from October 1997 to December 1998. So just over one year, he had eight fights. And fought five legends. So I think it was like Decker's Arono twice. But anyway, it is the great Danny Bill. Wait, wait, man, dude, I am. Yeah, Danny Bill, you win. Although born in Cameroon, he did grow up in France, in France. Uh, so Danny Bill, I always, I got it from, I got it from Chris McMillan, to be honest. He nailed it. Uh, the guy's a wizard. You know, just just his, I don't know, his sweeps, obviously, you know, he's what he's known for. I mean, he's known for lots of things, but, you know, so uh, so highlighted. But anyway, so I got this from uh, just real quick, too. I was just curious. Like, when I think of Muay Thai around the world, uh, 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 France, to me, is one of the lines then. I think of, Aust- besides Thailand, I think of, you know, Holland, you know, the Netherlands. Uh, I think of Australia. I think of the UK. I think of France. Um, you know, yeah, outside of Thailand. Any now, I know there's more, but anything else, I'm kind of reaching. By the way, I want to give a shout out real quick. I'm sorry, I'll go real, real quick. Um, uh, so drama banner unboxing. Yeah, shout out real quick. Stefan Nekaima, Nekima. Sorry. Um, just, just some other French legends as well. Rafi Bohook that didn't make the list, but might be on your list. Probably should be on your list. Remember, these are, these are some of my favorites. Uh, Jimmy Vigneault, Bobo Sacco, uh, Gregory Tony, Murad Sari. Um, I mean, you know, Murad was a, you know, Lumpini champ. You know, Jimmy Vigneault, obviously, I mean, Lumpini champ. Anyway, Sammy Sana, Dylan Salvador, Cyril Gaon, Darren Rowling. Amazon Goto, uh, the Pinto Boys, Antoine and Anthony, Elias Mamoudi, Anissa Mexen, Johan Lidon. All right, just want to make sure, you know, there's a lot of great fighters. I just don't want any, like, yeah, how could that guy not be on the list? These are just my favorite, but do me a favor. Write your favorite. Send them to me. That'd be cool. Uh, tell, me, tell me your list. But uh, my number one, raised in France, Danny Bill. All right. So the other big thing uh, just before we finished here, guys, was uh, so I, I didn't know I had this much to say, guys, but here we are. Was uh, like, where did it come from? How did how did France, Fran- French Muay Thai become? So um, real quick, uh, Thai soldiers being stationed in France. So in World War II, so they got a good look at it, the soldiers. Uh, now, maybe I'm saying this wrong. Patrick Brison, Brison, Brison. France was the first known Western to have gone. Now, I don't know what website. I forget what website I got this from. Backkicks.com. So listen, if you, if you disagree with me, don't, don't yell at me. Call backkicks.com. <laughs> um, Patrick of France was the first known Westerner to have gone to Thailand specifically to train Thai boxing in 1975. He returned to France the same year and opened Europeans, Europe's first Muay Thai gym. A student of Brison would sponsor Muay Thai legend Pud Padnoy in 1979 to come to France to teach Muay Thai, from which he did from 1980 to 2003. 
And so for those who don't know, Put Bednoy, he was Southpaw fighter, pretty much on everyone's top 10, maybe top five, maybe top three uh, Muay Thai fighters of all time. He was sort of the original Southpaw, just left leg smasher, uh, three-time Lumpini champ, uh, Rajadamnan champ, uh, and and the little footage that that's of him, like he's just known, just he would just, I mean, he could punch and do everything else, but just throw his left, just left leg, left kick, left kick, left kick, left kick, left kick, left kick. So, uh, yeah. So, so he was brought to France, and and uh, it sounds like he was sort of the original, the original uh, 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 dis- distributor of French Muay Thai spreader. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the word. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you know, and and there's all those other fighters too that I mentioned are phenomenal. Like. There's a lot of really, really good fighters coming out of France. And, uh, you know, as much as I like talking about events, here's the other thing, too. I know I keep talking about this silly podcast, dude. I, I got some cool wallpaper and stuff, but, yeah, man, I'm be dead by the time I get this thing set up, hey? But anyway, um, just stuff like that, like my favorite French fighters. Did, do we have to have an hour and 16-minute podcast to get to it, to the end of that? <laughs> Maybe that could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Anyway, this is what I'm thinking about for the podcast, guys. So in the meantime, you got my favorite French fighters. Do me a favor. Send me yours. Uh, let me know what yours are. And uh, yeah, what, what are we at here, guys? Um, October. All right. Well, near the end, we'll listen. Uh, I think uh, seven. So in seven days, yeah, one week is a Liam Harrison seminar. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna try to get a podcast before that. How dare you do that? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. All right, guys. Hope you had a good one, guys. Just reviewing a couple fights. Uh, had a fun trip to Thailand once again. Thanks, Michael Fitzpatrick. Thanks, Jesse, and uh, the crew at uh, Rise of the Warrior Fight Night for including me. Uh, you guys make me feel like a rock star out there. I loved it. Other than that, guys, hope you had a good one. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Now you got something to listen to while you're on the airplane or driving home or all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you around the bend. Peace. But if 